What's up, everybody? We're Microphone Joes. Welcome back to episode two. Adam Ick joining me out always is CJC. No Rev cannot be here with us. We'll read the police report on Monday and see what happened. So today we're going to do a mini episode because we're down a man. Uh, we're going to keep it kind of short, but we want to talk about GameStop, uh, the changing marketplace, and uh, what will it take to save GameStop specifically. So there was an interesting article on Forbes um, in regards to GameStop potentially going to a blockbuster type, uh, I don't want to put this, uh, basically rental was, program. Yeah, basically it was speculation that GameStop is going the way of blockbuster and their fight against uh, Netflix back in the early two th- early to mid-2000s. Um, the article talks about how Xbox Game Pass has been very well received for the price and what it gives. Um, and in response to that, PlayStation, uh, they uh, revamped PS Now. Uh, personally, I'm not really sure what that means. I don't have a PlayStation. Atomic they, does. Yeah, they added uh, PlayStation 4 games to it, where historically it had just been PlayStation 3 games. The older games, okay. Yep. And the article also speculated that Nintendo is expected to announce a similar service very soon. Um, So basically, GameStop is going to be fighting against the developers and publishers of a lot of these games for the market in mostly in regards to older games, because like Game Pass is mostly, you know, six months to a year plus old games. And that's a lot of what GameStop's market is, where they make most of their money. Uh, The Forbes article referenced that last year... 50% 50% of GameStop's revenue was used games. And these these uh, programs are, on a month-over-month basis, considerably cheaper and give you more options for the amount of money that you're making. Um, so, yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting article. It's on Forbes. Talk, uh, it'd be a good read for anybody that's interested in the way the gaming market's going to go. And we're going to talk about today. So you said 50% of the revenue. Um, so we won't go into it, but I mean, quick Google search will show you that there has been a lot of shady practices and policies uh, with that particular company not when good, it comes to use games. And not good PR the last couple of years. Yeah, we, we won't touch on it too much. Um, you know, just them deceiving customers <clears throat> saying that they did not have a copy of a new game and trying to pre- push the used. Uh, former GameStop employees will talk about memos that we receive all the time that kind of raise a lot of eyebrows. Um, but we'll, we'll talk about them potentially going into the market and doing a, uh, a streaming game service. Uh, they actually are going to make their own studio, is what I had read, uh, which kind of presents an interesting question. When they're supposed to be pushing everybody else's product, uh, when they're one of the huge distributors, you know, is this kind of a conflict of interest? You know, how, how can you sit there and also compose a, a similar game, if you will, uh, Basically, and, you're, you're saying they could control the, the market inside of their stores yes. for what they're selling. Yeah, how do, how do you be impartial when you've got a horse in the race? Yeah, it, it is a scary thought that, you know, you could go in there looking for a, let's say, Call of Duty, and they are also producing a, you know, first-person shooter Call of the Duty same Club. vein, yeah. and they might have 10 copies of it, but their game hasn't sold very well, so they'll tell you, oh, we don't have Call of Duty, but we do have what we're making, and then... What do you you know? It's do you trust them? Do you believe them? Yeah, I, I agree. Um, and you know, they might do something like with grocery stores, where right now everything within GameStop uh, is categorized alphabetically. But they do something like grocery stores, where you pay for primo space. And I, I could definitely see them doing that, and then putting their games front and center, and yep. then whatever similar to their game is, you know, buried behind the counter if they even admit to having it at all. Yeah. 
So I could definitely see that. Um, it's definitely a changing marketplace. We've seen, you know, partnerships with ThinkGeek. They're trying to, to push more uh, toys and collectibles. Cell phone service. They have uh, Cricket Wireless, I think, that you see yeah. in their stores a lot. I've oh, seen something, one of those cell phone services. They have a lot of advertisement for that. I don't know if they're... They have a huh. if they are partners or if they own part of it or what, but I've seen a lot of that in their stores. Well, I've seen them like resell phones and tablets, and it looks like they got away from it because uh, they had them yeah, on display for a long making, time. I don't think they were making much off of it. I don't think they were either. <laughs> it's I so don't... it's it's not that expensive to go trade in for a new phone every year anymore, you know. Oh, Especially yeah. when you spread the cost out over payments instead of one hit. Well, yeah, and a lot of the electronic stores will have trade in deals, whereas GameStop, yeah. you know they're going to undercut you and not want to pay you a dime anyways. Yeah, you know, so. I'll give you $10 in cash or $100 in store credit. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's at the very least, though, we can say GameStop has been very liquid. And, you know, I'll give them points for trial and error. You know, every time you walk into the store, it seems like they're trying something different or they're restructuring or who knows what. Uh, so the, the partnership with ThinkGeek was probably an intelligent move. Um, I'd actually be interested. I'll have to look it up and see the, what their profit margin is. I mean, obviously, we won't be able to see the contract to see what the split is on the merchandise, but to see how much of the revenue per store is actually based off of these figures and shirts and collectibles. Yeah. So that, that'll be interesting. That's something for a later episode. Um, and then what is it going to take to save GameStop? Uh, I mean, right now, I think the biggest thing they have in their corner is this innovation. Is, you know, as, as scary as we think it may be, is opening a studio. Um, and partnering with ThinkGeek and pushing out these collectibles because I think that you know brick and mortar stores of that nature are going by the wayside as game, as games get more digital you get Sony Microsoft even Nintendo you know pushing they they prefer if you buy digital uh, you know studios don't get anything on the back end for used game sales so it wouldn't even surprise me um, if Microsoft and Sony Nintendo are intentionally making these moves to kind of put them under I mean. I know well, we've heard in the past that they had problems uh, when Xbox One initially now launched. They were going to completely lock it out from yes. these games, and that was basically them trying to shut down GameStop. We know yeah. they don't particularly enjoy the used game market, but they deal with it because the public backlash would be too great. Right. It's a convenience thing, uh, but like we had talked about before we started the episode, is I could even see Microsoft and Sony maybe trial and error, but getting something in place where they are the middleman for these used game sales. Uh, obviously, physical is physical copies are going to be a challenge. Uh, if they can do some kind of used digital, uh, that is probably its own headaches you know, and the logistics behind it. Um, but then essentially reach out to these studios and give them a cut of that profit because right now they take anything over nothing as yeah. much as what they're getting when, they, when people true. are buying used. So... Um, one of, uh, well, before we go any further, one of the things that um, I wanted to talk about was a couple months ago I watched a video. There's a YouTube channel called Game Ranks. They do some pretty good stuff about video games, and they did an entire episode about um, brick-and-mortar stores. Okay. And basically the only reason the companies still tolerate them, if you will, is that they kind of create a sense of community when you go in and you can talk to other people about the games that you're going to buy and things like that. And that's kind of what keeps... GameStop alive is the fact that you go in and it's it's a, almost like a 
a church of games, I guess is the best way to put it. Okay. So I think GameStop needs to double down on those kind of things. Personally, if they want to keep going, maybe do more release parties, more things like that. Like they need to create more of the atmosphere of the gamer in their stores. I know personally the GameStops in our area, there is only one employee I can think of. There's there's three within 30 miles of us. Mm-hmm. And there's only one younger employee who actually seems like he's excited about video games. Most of them are older people and they're like mid 40s and they just don't yeah. seem to care at all about oh, it. Very and they're very now. yeah, they're yeah. very corporate, very cold. And other than that one guy, I don't want to talk to them about the games. Well, that's 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 the atmosphere they cultivate. You know yeah. what I mean? As you get these people in there and essentially you give them marching orders every day to push an agenda or push a product so the people that are passionate about it it gets to go crap where you eat you know i'd I'd hate to work there i thought about working at gamestop at one point in my life and then you read all these horror stories yeah that's a terrible place to work you know there's there's no passion in it anymore it's it's very much you know we've got to push this product for the day so i think um yeah innovation is the key for them they've they've got to change things you know what i'm surprised they haven't done is uh we had talked about it is like three months after a new game releases is why don't they rent themselves like why don't they rent games out of the store that's but only do it on like a credit card type basis so if you don't bring the game back you know they just charge you for the full price of the game and then essentially they got to get the money from you renting that is interesting it seems like a really obvious thing they could do yeah, isn't that strange? Ever, I wonder if they've ever explored that. Huh. GameStop, if you're listening, I get a cut for that. <laughs> <laughs> also, I take back everything bad that I said about you in the past 10 minutes. <laughs> All right, um, so what is gonna GameStop going to look like in 10 years? Um, Honestly, I don't even think that there's going to be a GameStop in I, 10 years. I agree. I don't think GameStop will be around in 10 years. And I think, honestly, it'll be better for us as gamers yep. if they aren't. Um, because if you really think about it, and this goes back to like I was talking about earlier, what I game ranks is video on this kind of stuff. Um, they brought up a couple of good points. Games that you buy digitally cost the same as a physical copy, and when you sit down and think about it, it shouldn't cost the same as a physical copy because there's no production of discs or casing or right. or packaging, no shipping, no and, art. Yeah. Um, and the reason they do that is because they are. They have to kind of have that concession to keep those community brick-and-mortar stores alive. That parody. Yeah. If GameStop, which is hands down the biggest pusher of games, at least in the United States, goes under, then perhaps, you know, theoretically, the Microsoft, Sony, uh, Nintendo could cut those prices down because they don't have to self-compete with GameStop. Yeah, so we could see we right. could, you know, as the gamers, we might end up seeing a drop in price for brand new games. It would be a hope probably not because they're greedy companies, but you know, who knows? Or pre-owned games, you know, or older games dropping in price faster than a pre-owned game. Cuz I mean, you can go into GameStop and you could go look for I'll give you an example. I wanted to get Grand Theft Auto 5. Okay. And the brand new copy was uh, on sale for $25. Okay. And it's still a $60 game because it's so popular. But a used copy was forty, so you know it. It it doesn't make sense that the one and we know those sales come from the publishers. When a sale on a a new game happens, it's a publisher push thing. Right. But what will happen is you'll go in. I want that new one, and conveniently the new ones aren't on the shelf anymore. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of confusion surrounding the industry. I feel like because you know, as something physically deteriorates, 
the price should reflect that. I mean, you wouldn't go to a car dealership and expect to pay more for a used car. No. So that's I don't understand how GameStop is is getting away with some of their moves that are making. I guess it's bad, lack of a better option, um, and we're seeing other markets expand, but we haven't really seen a true competitor rise from the ashes. You get places like Best Buy, I think, are actually doing. They're starting to get into used market. Yeah, they have for to trade. They have really interesting too. Um, I used to have a friend that was in their game club or something like that, and okay. in in the club he could, if he pre-ordered games through them, he actually got ten percent off right off the oh. top. And used games, he got like twenty percent off or something like that. And I used to use him for uh, to pre-order a few games because it was at ten percent right off the top, gone. So I mean, that's an interesting way to. To fight against GameStop by another company, innovative way that GameStop has nothing like that. Right, and I mean, even I heard, uh, which I, that's kind of side note. That's kind of funny to me because I am a part of every club that has ever been invented, <laughs> even the one that you are making now to prove to me that I'm not a part of every club. <laughs> but uh, it's funny to me because Walmart and Best Buy actually have more of a presence. I mean, obviously GameStop can occupy a smaller space, so it's easier to them for them to kind of serpentine or slip in and out of neighborhoods, if you will. But if Walmart and Best Buy are pushing that agenda where they want to get into used game sales, uh, they already have the stores to do it. So I'm surprised that no serious competitor has come forward and like really made GameStop kind of grab their axes and go to war. Walmart would be an interesting one because I tell you, from personal, if personally, if I could trade a game into Walmart and get the same amount of you know in-store credit for Walmart as GameStop. I would do that because I could go, I don't have to buy a game. I can go buy groceries with that. Yeah. I mean, I could see people flocking to Walmart to sell off their their used games, and then they would be able to strangle the market. Well, that's what I don't understand is they have. The, to the best of my knowledge is they were accepting used games. or Maybe that's not true. Uh, somebody fact-checked me on that. Um, but I had read an article that they were at least very interested in getting into it. I don't know if they ever rolled that out or not. Uh, I try not to talk to anybody at Walmart. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's head down and just me. go. Yeah, that's eye contact. You know, let's let's avoid that at all costs while we're there. But but um, you know, it's funny because like we said, is in ten years we don't think GameStop will exist, or at least the brick and mortar version won't. Um, and they should be going to you know online sales only. But if you've checked out their marketplace lately, first of all, Amazon cheaper. Almost across the board on every game. Steam, when older games. Yeah, and fun fact, um, Amazon actually has that that pre-order-esque thing that you were talking about with Best Buy. Is It's it's, uh, money off and it's free shipping. And you get it the day of. It's funny. So I just got Final Fantasy XII and I've been playing that lately. And I had some gift cards left over uh, from Christmas because that's all I asked for for this year is I figured I'll just pre-order all the games that I want for the year and then I won't have to pay out of pocket for anything. So I was going to pre-order it from GameStop like the week before, and it would have arrived two days after it was released, and I would have had to have paid shipping and handling. Yeah. Yeah, where Amazon will have it, free shipping handling, in there on your doorstep the day it comes out. Yeah, you can't beat that. It's kind of funny to me, though, that, like, this is a store that they almost, ex- well, they're expanding the marketplace, but they almost exclusively sell games, and they can't even get that shit right. Yeah. That's... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, Amazon's killing everybody right now. I don't want to go down too much of a rabbit hole, but yeah, that's true. if you've been to a mall recently... Tell me how many of those stores that used to be there when you were a kid are still there, and then I'll tell you that Amazon's the one that murdered all of them. Yeah, I might not have a job by the end of this sentence. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so 
I don't know. What do you What do you think? Where do you see GameStop going? I don't see if they're going to survive. The stores are going to go away. Okay. Um, I could see them becoming maybe. Honestly, if I had to put money down, I'd say GameStop's gone in ten years completely. There's no more presence. It's a blockbuster. It's gone bankrupt. Maybe there's a couple being owned privately sitting around. But if you had to put a gun to my head and say how would you keep them around, I'd say um, kind of like Steam. Maybe go okay. go onto an online used marketplace maybe they could become the console version of steam where they sell or a third party that sells used older games or newer games digitally to the consoles because i mean honestly pc kind of has a one up on the consoles because they have some a, a program like that where they can go back and buy games from your childhood nostalgic games and still new games also the consoles don't have anything like that really so yeah. maybe gamestop could could Maybe that's their Hail Mary, their their golden goose egg to survive. Well, that's, like I said, I'm surprised they haven't done a rental-type service, um, and especially with sites like Gamefly. It's cut into that market. Even go through mail, but then also offer the option that you can go into the nearest GameStop, See, return every game to anywhere, and then pick up a game from the store. See, that really it. sounds like Blockbuster right before they went under, because well, remember, they tried to do that, and that was their big thing, was you can come to our store instead of mailing it, and it didn't save them. It just didn't save them so that's funny that you, you you pitch it like that right well i think <laughs> you know they they have a little more flexibility though is they could yeah. do like a game rental service like on like you said online almost like a streaming service um i, I don't know i guess it's difficult to imagine a world without a gamestop uh, but i you know i think i was saying the same thing when blockbuster went under is I remember gamestop's part of the reason is one of the it's smaller but if people our age remember blockbuster sold games do you remember Game Crazy? Yes. And Game Hollow Video, I think. Oh no, no it, was it was a blockbuster. Game Crazy. It was always a game. It was a blockbuster, and then you have a Game Crazy attached to the side of it. Yeah. And GameStop killed Game Crazy, which it contributed to the blockbuster company going under. So it's just funny that it comes around, goes around, almost. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, I don't, the thing is, if GameStop goes under. Um, I think something is going to come up to take its place. It'll be different. It's not going to be quite GameStop. Hopefully, they won't price gouge as much. But I think that something will fill the void. Uh, it'll that'll be scaled back, but they'll probably do more like retro games. You know, yeah. you, the mom and pop shops will be able to kind of to kind of expand it, while the living in your mom basement shops will be able to kind of expand in and, and fill the void, if you will. <laughs> so yeah, you know, hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully that's what we see. Um, and I think that, you know, we had speculated as well, if GameStop goes under, that might actually be a plus for the industry. Like you said, that right now it's because of the need for parity uh, with physical games that... They're the same. Yeah, right. the digital costs the same. So right, so if you don't have a brick-and-mortar store to go to to physically buy this game, I mean, just ruling out Best Buy and Walmart for the time being, games become more pre-order-based. Which I know that people kind of hate that. I'm not a fan of it myself, but it'll probably be cheaper to produce physical copies when you know exactly how many physical copies you have to produce. I would also imagine, and this is not mean, I don't know anything about this, but if you if you had more digital copies, I'd imagine it'd be easier to fix bugs and broken games on a digital copy than it's physical. Yeah, it's all coded. It's, you can go in and fix codes. I, I mean, maybe, I don't know. That, that could be me just spewing off the top. Yeah, I guess I don't know enough about the industry, but I mean, that, that kind of makes sense to me. I mean, you get live patches all the time. Day one patch, half the size of the actual game. Almost every game. Yeah, almost every game at this point is pretty much an expectation that as soon as you pop the game in, there's going to be some kind of day one patch. So, 
Yeah, I don't know. I, I guess it probably helps them save money, you know, because whenever they have to push back a release date of a game, they're, they've, you know, all the people they've contracted to come in and do this they work do at once, work, yeah. Yeah, they don't have to call them anymore and push it back. So there's got to be some kind of fee associated with that. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, that's all the time that we have today, folks. Uh, tune in for next week. We're going to do a Rick and Morty prediction cast. That'll be fun. Yeah, Rick and, and Morty. Also announced, uh, as soon as we hit 30 episodes, we're going to do a drunk episode. We're, <laughs> we're going to drink be, and be drinking be on air. And, you know, maybe we'll write out to people and see if they have any questions for us. So we'll answer while we're drunk. Hopefully, uh, hopefully, uh, no Rav will be back next week and not incarcerated for too much longer. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens there. All right. Have a good week, guys. See ya.